1: This is John Janik. Paul Janik. Chris Hank, the wallet. From Moneybag Sodas, and you're listening to Shout It Out Loudcast. Yeah, yeah.
0: Tom and Zeus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bam! That's right. It's season three of Dorm Damage, and we're here with episode 47, the show where anything and everything is on the table, and the table gets smashed. We're taking a trip into the sports world this week,
2: Zeus. Yes, we are. We're going to name our 10 favorite athletes growing up, now, whatever, but our 10 favorite athletes... It's going to be hard because we live in the uh, city of champions, Boston, with so many incredible championships, especially over the last 20 years, and a lot of great players on all team sports. So let's get this thing started. Tom, do you want to go first? Sure. Why not? I'll go first. All right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Booger.
0: Well, uh, well, well speaking of... Well, well, Tashiro? Well, you took the, that... Well, you, well, so you took it right out of home. Because my number 10 is Lamar Luttrell <laughs> for his
2: limp-wristed throwing style in the Olympics. What about the kid that looked like fucking Cotton from, from <laughs> Roxy when he threw the spear right beneath the, like, j- and the spear? The spear, the javelin before. <laughs> and he's got the short... when he <laughs> threw the spear? <laughs> what a... I don't know why, but he had the, like the fucking wicked tight. Yeah, yeah, shorts. yeah. He had these tight little shorts they used to wear on the job. You know, maybe, maybe that'll be a follow-up episode. Our 10 favorite fictional character <laughs> athletes. I'm going to go with uh, Frederick Polowalski. Oh, Ogre, you asshole, in the belching contest. I'm going to
0: put... Fucking Dave Killer Carlson is my number one pick.
2: <laughs> what, what about the mega moves in the fucking oh, arm wrestling contest? Oh, God. <sighs> but today is going to be real athletes. Okay. No um, Sam Smallprint Lyman. Oh, God. Andre Poodle Lucia, who's been living in semi seclusion ever since the tragic Denny Pratt incident. The fucking the guy at the announcer just shaking his head. is totally, like, yeah. Andre Poodle Lucia.
0: Number 10, I'll go with Willie Mays Hayes.
2: What uh. <laughs> about Tuttle, where he runs a donut shop? All right, stop! Uh, this this is this is what's gonna. This is what happens.
0: Mm -hmm. All right, so my my list is not all hometown athletes, and this is ah, we were talking before we hit record here. My list has been changing like all day, last few days since we picked this topic. So I'm just gonna go with my number ten, and it is the greatest pitcher I've ever seen in my entire life, bar none, and that is Pedro. Number ten. First of all, first of all, not only is the greatest pitcher I've ever seen in my life, but he's a friggin'
2: punk. He's a (laughs) chief punk. Who are you? (laughs) Who are you? Kareem (laughs) Garcia to challenge a proven player like me, Pedro (laughs) Martinez. I love it. I love it. Yeah, half half of my list is a bunch of punks. So
0: (laughs) I like I like I like that.
2: You people out there listening, you have no idea what it was like. The insanity of Boston Red Sox baseball in 03, the three oh four. Oh my god! And Pedro pitching day oh. was like an event. In it was Boston. a holiday. Yeah, it was insane. He was putting in under two ERA during yeah. the steroid era. Yep. Do you remember when he had that all star game in ninety nine at Fenway and he struck out fucking murderous fir- row? Yeah, like like yeah, he struck out like out the six. first four. Yeah,
0: he struck out like the first. Yeah, that's what it was. 5
2: out of 6. Yeah. And yeah. like all major like Yeah, it was the All-Star Famers, game. Gamers, steroid heads in his, one of his one of his greatest games
0: ever was a regular season game against the Yankees where I think he struck out 17, 17 18, and it was like
2: yeah. I mean the guy was fucking insane. The Yankee dynasty he struck out exactly. 17. Exactly.
0: Yes. Yeah. He was just incredible.
2: It was and he had such a mental killer attitude. That's why I picked him, and he just was ferocious. Yep. Oh God, there is there is there is nothing I
0: love more than an athlete who is can get in your head that can shit talk without being a total asshole, but backs it up with like Hall of Fame performances. I yeah. lo- that th- those are my favorite kind of athletes. And then he flung fucking John Zimmer. Oh, geez, he did that fucking Olay with his head. Oh my God, I saw that game live. Well, not live, but I was at the Cask and Flagon in, in Boston across from Philly, watching that.
2: <laughs> they gave you the tickets. We were there. I was not
0: at a, that game. No, that's we weren't at that. We we weren't at that game. We were at the game. No, we were at the game where they lost nineteen to eight. No, that's the playoff game. We were
2: not. We were not at the Don Zimmer game. I was at the Don Zimmer. Oh, game. you were. You I were. Thought you said you were there. Oh no I no 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 no. Bill Miller. That was the whole fucking. Wasn't that the whole A Rod and Veritech, Yeah, yes. And then yes. Bill Miller hit the home run yes. and won the game in like an extra innings or something. Yes, yeah. Yep. I was there. Yeah, I was at the game. I had Sox yeah. season tickets back then. That's right. So I, I was remember. at that fucking game. It was insane. In yep. Fucking insane.
0: That was well, uh, that was you. You couldn't miss those events. You couldn't to, miss them.
2: Yeah, I've talked enough about Pedro. He definitely was on my list. I'm taking him off my list now. I can okay. add somebody else. Thanks to you. There you go. Good. So I will take. Somebody else that I'm going to talk about that, uh, for me, when baseball was, you know, just below hockey for me and I fucking loved it. And I'm going to talk about a guy that every time I played a, like an EA sports team, I always had to put him on my team. Yep, I had all his rookie cards and I fucking loved him. He was my favorite player during these times. And he had a nickname called Will the Thrill, and that's Will Clark. Wow, I, Wow, Murph loved that guy, too. I know I,
0: he was a fan favorite for a lot of people.
2: Oh, my God. So he yep. played from, like, 86, 87 to 2000, I think. Played for uh, the Giants. The yeah. big thing was the Giants. Yep. And he was fucking incredible. He had a career, 300 average, over 2,000 yep. hits. But he was gold glove winner, silver slug winner, just fucking clutch. That was the big thing about him, just clutch. And he had a swing like no other fucking player at that time. Loved him. And, uh, you know, I, I just for me, Will Clark is just my favorite, probably non-Red Sox player of all time. Really?
0: Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Nice. Uh, all right. My number nine is one of my, all, one of my all-time favorite football players, quarterback, the quarterback. <laughs> uh, Boom. He's on his back. In my opinion, one of the great quarterbacks to never have won a Super Bowl. No, it's not who you think it is. Uh, this guy was doing these kinds of things before it became the norm. Now it's the Norman college. Now it's, you see it a lot more in the pros uh, and that's Randall Cunningham. Um, when he played for the, I loved that Eagles team. That, that 90s Eagles team was probably one of the greatest teams to never have won a Super Bowl. And then Randall goes to Minnesota, and he's quarterbacking with that team, lighting it up with Randy Moss and everything. I've always loved him. The guy was phenomenal, and he was so unlike anybody at that time. And, of course, he was QB Eagles in Super <laughs> Tech Bowl. Yes, it
2: was insane. Loved yeah, I, I loved him. I, for me, I, I liked him. I always thought Michael Vick was like Randall Cunningham part two. He was not as good. Yeah. 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 Especially thrower. Vick was a better runner probably, but throwing wise, uh, Randall Randall had it.
0: Yeah. Randall had the, the, the combination
2: of it all. Yep. Yeah. All right. My number nine. Well, number nine for me, I'm going to go with, uh, a guy that is synonymous with winning. And he is, I think he got a presidential freedom award. That's how big he is by uh, Barack Obama. He is probably the only guy that I can think of besides Henri Richard from the Montreal Canadiens hmm. who, does, who has more rings than he can put on fingers. And that is the great Bill Russell. Oh, yeah. So, yep. you know, Bill Russell is i to me the synonymous with champion team oh, yeah. Uh, like team sport champion 11 NBA championships during 13 year career. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: That's remember that sports illustrated cover of him holding them all in the palm of his hand. Yep. He's just got, he's just got like a handful of rings. Yeah. I think
2: it was um Bob Ryan, Bob Ryan. Oh, 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 oh. when he talks so fast, Bob Ryan, he had some saying like, he had played like, I don't know, like double digit game seven type win or go home games. Yep. And he was undefeated. Yeah. Undefeated. Like he won every one of those games. Now, um, now, um, now, I'm now I'm going to be that guy.
0: Okay. Who's going to say that the game was not the game that it is now, that the game was so different back then. However, you can only play against who you play against in that era. And that's why no one's ever going to take anything away from him. But but dominating games like him and Wilt and those guys did back then is, I mean, yeah, it's nothing to to sniff at. so
2: hold on. His number six is Jersey. He's retired throughout the league. He won the Presidential Medal of Freedom. The poor guy went through so much racist shit. Oh, God, He's a fucking class act. Yep. And, you know, led a lot of the civil rights leading. If you see the documentaries on him you'd be like wow what a fucking man just oh, yeah. a great man yep. however the one thing I will say in his defense Tom he was what five 6'10 uh, yep okay and he was going up against the Giants especially Wilt Chamberlain and he was beating Will mm-hmm. and Wilt had fucking size and everything was the unstoppable offensive force and he fucking shut him down and he shut the other big centers down he just took the fucking main guy out and could win those championships just an incredible person and uh i just i find him to be such a person to be admired more than most on this list but yeah my second is bill russell okay uh
0: my next guy is a basketball player not a celtic but for some reason i always love this guy um i mean i didn't pick a i didn't pick some of the obvious guys from my list like i'm not going to have jordan on my list cuz everybody loves jordan but i love this guy he had one of the coolest nicknames ever he was part of those slam dunk competitions when it was must see tv and when the celtics got oh. him i was like oh i'm like i can't believe the celtics got him and of course when they got him it was like getting somebody like at the tail end of their career yeah. but I'm going, my favorite basketball player, one of my favorite basketball players of all time, the human highlight reel, Dominique Wilkins. Yeah. Always fucking love this guy. I always think of that Larry Bird, Dominique Wilkins, the Hawks-Celtics game where they were just like having a shootout. The guy was just so awesome, and he just played in an era that's just, like you said, when we were growing up, the slam dunk competition in the three-point shooting, like you didn't miss that. You you watched that, and Mm. it was a big deal
2: yeah he he suffers from the jordan coming in right after him
0: exactly and
2: yep. if jordan wasn't there everybody would be talking about dominique and his That's dunking right. and all that yep. other stuff and his, and his, was, s-
0: his, his scoring ability he was he was a scorer but yep. everybody talks about his ability to dunk and like all of his like all of his finesse and everything but yeah, i love i love watching that guy i'll never forget when he came to the celtics and i was like oh the celtics suck right now
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh man so I'm going to go a little bit off the grid here. All right. And this is when the Olympics used to mean something. hmm And I'm taking a guy that I don't know if you remember him. His name is Edwin Moses. Oh, yeah, of course. Absolutely. guy was freaking phenomenal. Him yeah. and the fucking hurdles. Oh, yeah. just synonymous that he just fucking never lost. Oh, yeah. So he won the gold in 76 and the 1984 one. I just remember all the hype. I know Me Carl too. Lewis got more hype than he did, yep. but I just remember him fucking dominating. Oh, that uh, he was set, insane. Yeah. He set a bunch of world records. And I remembered, you know, back when you're a little kid and you're watching these things and everything is, you know, it, it's so there. there is no ESPN or anything like that. It was right. like, OK, this is the guy we expect. And when he had his race, you watched his race. You watched it. Yep. And uh, yeah, phenomenal. Phenomenal athlete. A fucking American Olympic hero. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I'm a big fan. And uh, Edwin Moses, number eight for me. All right. Number seven
0: for me, one of my all-time favorite athletes, particularly when I was young and playing hockey. Um, This guy just recently passed and one of the best pure scorers the game has ever seen part of one of the great dynasties of all time in the 80s um love
2: the guy and uh that is Mike Bossy number 7 number 22 in yep. the New York Islanders i think the bruins almost grabbed him but they picked Dwight Foster yeah good uh, good move <laughs> now now
0: the, now bossy played at a time when you could get like Bruins tickets. Like the Bruins were obviously good in the eighties. Yeah. Um, but th- those are the games I, where you could get tickets. They weren't expensive. And I remember talking to my dad and being like, dad, Mike boss, the New York Islanders are coming to the garden. Can we go see? I didn't care about the Bruins. I wanted to see Mike boss. Yeah, you you want to see those, those guys? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I just, I just, I just remember that. And uh, yeah, he was incredible. So the game that I was at when the New York Islanders came to the garden to play the Bruins was at the time, the record for the fastest goal scored from the start of a game, Brian Trottier <laughs> scored five seconds after the puck dropped.
2: And I'll never forget me and my dad being like, what the fuck? <laughs> Those are the fantastic <laughs> ones. You go to a football game, they kick off his puck and return. You're like, well, you didn't sit down yet. What the fuck? But
0: see, that's it's funny. Those are two record-setting games I went to with my dad. One was this, and another one was when I saw the Patriots play the Vikings with Drew Bledsoe and Bledsoe oh. set the record Bledsoe set the record for most pass attempts in the game. He threw like 72 passes or something. Yeah, and I think
2: 62 of them went to Ben Coates. <laughs> exactly. Yes. yes. Yep. I'll yep. read you something real quick. Yeah, go his, ahead. his rookie year he had 53 goals when nobody was doing that shit. Nobody was doing that. 69 goals, 51, 68, 64, 60, 51, 58, 61. Yep. He's yep. last year in the NHL because he had injuries. He yep. only played 63 games had 38 goals. And then he retired. Yep. If not for Wayne Gretzky. Oh, everything would be Mike bossy. Yep. Nobody does these fucking kind of numbers that he was putting up and he was just overshadowed the Arab, but he won four fucking cups.
0: That's right. And he, he was, was also, and he was also known as just like, everybody loved him. He was just like, a nut, like what he, your, when goal score. Pure goal score. When he passed away, the accolades for him, like the like the, the tributes to him, the kind of guy that he was, not just a player that he was. Yeah, just lo- love the guy.
2: Pure oh, sniper shooter score. Yeah, and he and he stepped up huge in like the playoffs and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. It, two Canada Cups. He had 11 points, 9 points, in 7 and 8 games respectively. Like, yep. he fucking always stepped up. He wasn't just like... You know, oh, during the playoffs, he just fucking went silent. Yep. love Mike Bossy. Loved yep. him. Nice. All right, Tom. So this would be my number seven. And that is somebody that you know well and loved as well. And I just think is my favorite of all time boxer. Uh-oh. And that's Marvelous Marvin Hagler. Oh, yes. The fucking baddest motherfucker out there. I, I thought you were gonna say Bald
0: Bull or Piston Hurricane. <laughs> Soda Popista. Uh, oh, you mean Tony
2: Dungy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, just the the middleweight champion. He fucking dominated his era. Yeah, yep. dominated, and he the fact that he got robbed by that pussy. Sugar Ray Leonard in that fight is like the biggest travesty of okay. all time. Cause he fucking beat him. And that pussy would just run away, run away, run away. <laughs> yep. Oh, fucking hated it. But his fight with Tommy Hearns oh, is like God. the greatest fucking yep. boxing match of all time. Two warriors head to head fucking going at it like Bad-ass motherfuckers, and they were just incredible. That era of middle-class fighters between Hearns, Hadler, oh my god, um, Leonard, incredible, and, and fucking Roberto Duran. Yep. All these guys. Roberto Duran was a f- – oh, my God, dude. Oh, my God. Uh,
0: again, that's – again, and I know our younger listeners are, you know, like two old men here, but that's – again, we keep saying it, That's when boxing – like, that was appointment viewing with these guys, these fights. Yeah,
2: so I, I just, I fucking love Marvin Hagelin. He got fucking nice. robbed, but his legacy is still the baddest fucking guy in the 80s. Okay, love it, love it. All right, my number six, one of my
0: all-time favorite baseball players, another guy who can absolutely shit talk with the best of them. He has like a freaking book of quotes because he loved referring to himself on the third person. Uh, Of course, I had to play for the Yankees, but I got a bunch of his rookie cards from the A's. The guy used to steal bases when that was the only thing that mattered. And oh, that man. is the Ricky Henderson. <laughs> and I love for I loved watching this guy play. The guy was the ultimate friggin' leadoff hitter. But as I'm making my list, I'm like. I gotta look up some of Ricky Henderson's quotes because he had a thing for always <laughs> referring to himself in the third person. And one of my favorite Ricky Henderson quotes, remember in like the 80s and even in the 90s, people would hold up those John 316 yeah. signs. And I remember some somebody like asked like said something to Ricky Henderson about that. He goes, I don't want to hear about John hitting 316. Ricky's hitting 30. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: He had a quick. He had a quick stint with the Sox at the end of his career.
0: That's right. Yeah, of course. Just like Dominique Wilkins, you get him at the tail end.
2: Yeah, he, uh, but I, uh, he but I love amazing. that
0: guy. He, his numbers. I mean, nobody steals bases anymore like that. But but even just leadoff average, even home runs, the guy was the guy was just money. Jerry, he had the, an attitude.
2: Did you ever hear the story of him and John Allerud? Oh, about the helmet? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. They ended up on the same team years later again. He yeah. goes, yeah. oh, you wear a helmet when you play in the field? I used, to have a, I used to have a teammate used to do that. He goes, yeah, I know. That was me. It's me. <laughs> <He's> so stupid. <laughs> that was fucking great. Uh, yep. I love Ricky. He was fucking fantastic. Yep, yep. All right, Tom. So for me, I think this is number six. Yes. I'm going to go with my favorite baseball player of all time growing up. Uh late 70s and 80s, and that's Jim Ed Rice. Yes, almost made my list. Fucking um, if, if if you're if you're our age, you wanted to that that was the guy that you were when you were playing like wiffle ball with your friends. Uh although sometimes mistaken for Jim Boyd from ABC uh TV WCVB, I'm still convinced it's not at the same person. That. The so exact same Jim person. The, the only like black people on TV in the in Boston area was Jim Rice and, and Jim Boyd. Boyd. Jim Boyd from WCVP. Anyways, Jim Rice was just the most feared hitter from like 78 to like 83. Yep. I would say those five years, the most feared hitter in baseball. Oh, absolutely. Fucking incredible. He yep. would hit over 335 home runs, 100 RBIs, and nobody was doing that shit. Consistently. Nope. Now, he was the slowest black baseball player of all time for some reason. Uh, he could not move. No, he was <laughs> he, the double fucking play king. Yep. Defensively, you know, he played the wall decent. Yep. But being stuck on left field does not mean you're a good baseball defender. But... Didn't matter. Jim Rice was there for the bat. When he came up, you just, it was like appointment time. I want to see Jim Rice get up at the plate. And it was, and he was putting up numbers. That was like pre-steroid
0: error. Like he was doing like, he was like challenging, like triple crown type numbers
2: when guys really weren't doing that consistently. That 78 year. Oh, even yeah. That year. When he had over 400 total bases. Yep. He was the MVP. Yep. Uh, Eight time all-star. Look at the statistic. He joined Ty Cobb as one of the two plays in the American League in total bases 3 years in a row. He batted over 307 times, collected 100 RBIs 8 times, yep. had 200 hits 4 times, 20 plus home runs 11 times, led the league in home runs 3 times, RBI slugging percentage twice like you could fucking go on. And that couple of years of him with Freddie Lynn and Dwight oh. Evans out there was the best Red Sox outfield probably of all time? Incredible, yep. and he had that tradition of Ted Williams in left field, replaced by Carl Yastrzemski, replaced by Jim Rice,
0: which is th- incredible. The, yeah, the other thing he hadn't come with Ty Cobb is that he was also an asshole. <laughs> he was not. <laughs> oh, he was. He was a sourpuss dude. He didn't.
2: He didn't. He didn't get a personality until he became. A broadcaster covering Dude, the Sox games. Two fucking things I think of Jim Rice. When he took that fucking line, somebody hit a line drive and hit the, the poor little kid. That's right. He, because the kid wasn't going to get medical attention, he jumped in the stands. And carried and the bra- kid. And carried the kid to get medical yep. attention. I remember the that. the other one I heard is, didn't he fucking hit a ball and hit a blind lady once? What the fuck is a blind lady at the baseball game? Well, she didn't see it coming, so... <laughs> But and I used to always remember when he was became the hitting coach for the Red Sox. Yep. And Remy would be doing the games and like, did we get all fired up and like benches would start clearing like, Oh, oh somebody's getting Jim upset. Somebody get him out of there. You <laughs> yep. don't want to mess with Jim. Like, yes, he was a mad motherfucker. Oh, he Jim was Rice, awesome. So good. Love him.
0: Love yep. him. Yep. All right. And that's our first five. We're going to take a quick break right here. And then we're going to finish our list. All right, now we're going to get to our top five. So this guy is regarded as one of the great athletes of all time because he was a dual-sport athlete. I saw him in person when he played baseball for the Kansas City Royals at, at Fenway, and he's also regarded as probably the greatest video game athlete of all time. Oh, I'm, yeah. going with of co- I'm going with, of course, Bo Jackson. Kids, young people out there, if you don't know who Bo Jackson was in the whole Bo Knows ad campaign with Nike, My God, and I'll tell you right now, I remember specifically where I was. I was in my bedroom watching the AFC playoff game between the Bengals and the Raiders when Bo Jackson had that hip injury, which ended his career. That guy, kids, go watch highlight films of him playing baseball, of him playing football. The guy could have been the friggin' greatest running back in the history of the NFL if he never got hurt. Do you remember how big Boz was and he just fucking ran him over i was just gonna say go on youtube and search bo jackson brian bosworth
2: oh incredible. and then there goes that guy's career after that happened it, incredible it's, how about the ones he's got stuff like where he fucking threw out i think it was harold reynolds at yeah. home plate from way the fuck out there and like reynolds get thrown out he looks back like what the fuck did i get thrown out Like, i was <laughs> just
0: gonna i was just gonna say that google that Watch bows. Uh, it's like a fucking slingshot.
2: I don't know how the ball, and it doesn't even bounce. I think it's like a straight throw. I don't even. I'm not even sure if I remember this correctly, but wasn't he like not sliding because he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, he thought he was gonna. He thought it was gonna be like a stand up score or something yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then there's the other one where he runs up the wall and he yes. gets where he, he gets all this speed and he runs up on the wall. Yep. Or yep. the other one where he gets upset and he breaks the bat in his fucking hands?
0: I think in retrospect, I think Bo might have been using some uh, supplemental uh, <laughs> Dude,
2: health, health products. <laughs> yeah, he was fucking awesome. Yep. Oh, yes. Him. All right, Tom. We're getting down to the nitty gritty. Yep. All right. So for me, when I think of athletes, I love thinking of confident, cocky, Fucking Me guys. Me too. That can back it up. Me too. Is there a bigger fucking trash talker back it up guy than Larry Bird? There you go. I knew it. Of course. Oh, I just, I, there were times d- when Bird was playing in his greatness. They were saying he was the greatest player of all time. They oh, they yeah. saying he was the greatest Celtic of all time. The Great greatest shooter. player. Yep. He could do everything. You could. In his prime, he was hitting like 30 fucking points, nine rebounds, like five or six assists, fucking two steals, a block. Diving for balls and just going crazy. clutch. If you want to have fun, go on YouTube and go watch videos of bird trash talk. All these NBA greats going. Larry's like dude, what the fuck you doing, man? You put that white guy on me? I'm going to fucking embarrass you with that shit. Or like, yeah, yeah, they're going to give me the ball and I'm just going to go in the corner and hit it. Yep. And they would give him the ball, he'd go in the corner and he'd fucking hit it. Or videos of him like telling Casey Jones, just shut the fuck up and give me the ball. Shut up and just get, yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> put the fucking grease board down and I'm just going to fucking shoot
2: the ball. And if that, I mean, if he's not like a caricature of himself, if that cheap fuck yeah. Didn't fucking like do his driveway, whatever he did for his mother because he didn't want to pay for it, and injure his back. There was a couple championships there, especially if Lenny Baez never died. Oh, easily, easily. But he yeah. injured his back because he was too cheap to do the fucking yep. landscaping or some fucking driveway or something. Yeah, he and, did he's, and, he's, himself. yeah and he, he fucked, fucked up, up his back. His, yep. yep, yep. And legendary cheapskate. I ever hear Barkley talk about them during the Olympics? Mm. Fucking the Dream Team shit's hilarious stories. But Larry Bird just made Celtics pride something real during the 80s. There was, he's another one, like Pedro, Larry Bird game. Yep, you didn't miss it. The Lakers.
0: Yep. Yep. Just fucking awesome. Yep. All right, number number four, you talked about Marvelous Marvin Hagler. I'm talking about another boxer here guy who's a psycho fucking lunatic people think of him now they don't even think of his boxing but when his career started he's the one who looked like a bulldog <laughs> fucking i'm going with tyson i don't care any when any that guy every fight was a freaking street fight kids again listen to uncle zeus and uncle tom go on youtube and google mike tyson highlights he used to bludgeon people until buster douglas somehow miraculously beat him nobody still nobody knows how to do that oh, but this is no. but but i mean I, I remember watching the holyfield fight on pay-per-view when he ripped his ear off he <laughs> bit his ear like but even before that just he used to just kill people and he was a short little dude
2: but he was fearless and he was loose on the head mike's michael spinks i'll never forget the hype i yeah. root, i would root against tyson i didn't like him yeah i didn't like him at all and yep. I'm like, oh, Michael Spinks is going to get him. Michael Spinks, he's a Spinks brother. He's gonna, in fucking one minute flat, he's like, I ain't getting up <laughs> after that oh, yeah. fucking hit.
0: Yeah, they they people they used to say his punches were like a sledgehammer. Like, you yeah, just, you can't, you couldn't, you couldn't recover from it. Yes, but I think Buster Douglas won because he was a big fat dude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tyson had so many things going on. He didn't prepare for that fight. No, no. And this guy is just a one in a million. He fucking yep. Never know. Yep. All right, my number four is a guy that I watched before he became professional. And to do this in hockey is something that is off the charts because there's only a handful of phenomenal players in prospects that you remember when you hear about them before they hit pros. Uh, Mario Lemieux, Sidney Crosby, um, and this guy. Probably called the next one, and that is Eric Lindros. Oh, yeah. Number 88 for the Flyers. Just a fucking monster. Yep. First of all, the controversy of him getting drafted by Quebec, and he's like, I'm not his father. Like, hey, no, he ain't playing for no Quebec. Quebec then makes the trade to Philly. Philly gives them... What amounted to a king's ransom. It's the fucking Dallas Cowboys. First Walker Ultra trade Walker deal. Yep. And set up the Nordiques, which the next year became Colorado avalanche. And then they win the cup. That's right. Yep. On fucking believable. The amount of players they got for him. Um, He was such a stud playing. He was six foot five, 240 pounds could skate like the wind and had Mark Messier type uh, of hands. Phenomenal player. First overall, unfortunately, uh, injuries and concussions. Concussions, yeah. And, I remember the concussion and, thing. And Scott Stevens. Scott Stevens would be banned in the league if he was doing the shit he's doing now, That he yeah. the stuff he was doing then. Catching people going across the line with their heads down running people's heads through the wall. The guy is phenomenal. And he ended up becoming an MVP one year. I'll never forget the year that he brought the flyers to the cup and he outmuscled Messier for the fucking loose uh, puck and scored the winning goal and yep. knocked them out. And I'm like, wow, yep. that's a change in the guard. Unfortunately, injuries and stuff hurt his career and he was never really able to kind of continue doing that. But for for a few years, he was the most dominant player I've ever seen. Yeah, it's I hate, like, kind of
0: even when I was talking about, like, Bo, you just, you hate seeing, like, like generational talents just get their career cut short by injuries. It sucks. Because you're right, Lindros was just primed to just be. I mean, the guy was like a specimen. Like, it was, it was, he was incredible.
2: Yeah. Yeah, The the remember the Legion of Doom, that line he had? Oh, yeah. Michael Renberg and John LeClaire. Everybody was, like, six foot four and above. Yep, Fucking one of the greatest lines of all time. Yep. Anyway, yeah, Eric Lindros, one of my favorite hockey players of all time, never lived up to as great as he could have been, but for a few years was just off the charts.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, number three, I mean, we could probably do an episode on him, but we're just going to say him, greatest athlete, greatest winner I've ever seen with my own eyes. Saw every game he ever played, every Super Bowl that he ever won, and, of course, it's it's Brady. Um, he's not number one or number two because my number one and two will never move. But uh, Brady at number three, I mean, what the hell else can you say? He's the greatest.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you on uh, – Tom. he would have been on my list. I, you took him, so I didn't take him. There's yeah. a few guys like that. If I took him, you didn't take him. We wanted to make sure our list yep. had more people to talk about. Yep. So, yeah, Tom Brady is just uh, – now, everyone knows from college and my all of my – Friends from high school stuff that i'm a big michigan guy so when he won it in michigan yep. i was already brady was already on my radar and then he got drafted by the pats but i still loved bledsoe
0: me too so i loved Bledsoe
2: when he first took over that first year and they won the super bowl i was still hoping they'd put brady uh bledsoe in for the super bowl dude i'm not gonna lie bledsoe almost made this list we're talking about right here i love that guy Yeah, Bledsoe, unfortunately, is another guy. Mike Bossy during a Wayne Gretzky era, exactly for Pats fans. That is because yep, we weren't having quarterbacks ever. No, to be talked about when Bledsoe was at the Pats, and uh, but Brady comes in, just winner, winner, and he got got better. He got better.
0: (laughs) He just he's just it's just it's hard to talk about him because I mean he's his his ability his leadership his talent his skill his refusal to lose like he has every like cliche like intangible on top of the physical ability he's
2: a player yeah exactly. more than anything a lot of you guys don't probably realize this about him the reason why the patch would always be fucking right there with him is cuz he never took like top 3 quarterback four, top 5 maybe sometimes top 10 never. quarterback money Nope. Always renegotiate his contract so the Pats would have money left over to sign players. That's right. Always. He was yep. never one of the highest. Until the end, it got a little contentious in him and Belichick about all right, now you gotta fucking pay now,
0: me. Now now you gotta pay me, bitch.
2: Yeah. And and unfortunately, we knew what happened afterwards. But yep. just a classic. Plus, he was banging Giselle for fucking years.
0: And he was and he was with Bridget Moyne, and it was hot. Yes,
2: yeah. she, she was cute. Yeah, Yeah. he was just—it's Tom Brady. Yeah. So I always like to think that Boston could put at one point the best in their sport on Mount Rushmore. Oh, easily. Yeah, Bobby Orr, Tom Brady, uh, Ted Williams. Ted Williams. And then maybe you could say either Russell or Bird on Mount Rushmore.
0: Yep. Yeah. And and you'd and you'd have very few people arguing with that Mount Rushmore.
2: Yeah, I mean. Nowadays, Russell would have a bigger thing than Bird, but regardless, it, it, that's the, that's how great he is. But there's nobody taking over the Mount Rushmore in football than Tom Brady. I'm sorry. No, no. yeah, Nope, not at all. All right, Tom, to talk to you about, again, Michigan. You know him. I've got his jersey from college still hanging up behind me. I knew it. My favorite basketball player. When I was younger, I wanted to go to Michigan. I was My mind was Michigan. Michigan sports are great. Desmond Howard, all this all this stuff. And then all of a sudden came the Fab Five. Yep. And this bald, fucking good-looking center who was the talk of the fucking, like, this guy's going to be a number one pick overall. And that was Chris Weber. Mm-hmm. Just, he changed a lot of that position. That power yep. forward that could score 24, 25 points but also have like six or seven assists. Oh, yeah. And, and boards. Yep. And then could change his game to step outside and hit a three. Yep. Nobody was doing that. He could handle the ball and bring it up like a fucking guard, which is why I always give fucking Jalen Rose shit for that. He never should have fucking had the ball to be carrying it up. Jalen Rose ran, ran away and he took the ball. And that's why he called the fucking timeout. Oh, Motherfuck. that fucking
0: dude, that fucking timeout.
2: Oh. He said people were telling him on, from the bench, timeout, timeout. They so he fucking called out. Uh, regardless, yep. they weren't going to win. They were down by three. Everyone fucking, oh, he lost it. They weren't going to win. He didn't lose it. Yeah, yeah. he didn't lose it. He fucking wouldn't be anywhere without him. But anyways, Chris Webber, and in addition to this, was my favorite player on NBA Live. If you put the ball in 94-95 to the guy down low with Chris Webber, NBA Live, oh, yeah. fucking guaranteed. That's when... Fucking sports games were just at their best. Oh, my God. I fucking loved it. Then he goes to the Wizards and has a dominant team there after Golden State. And then he has a career over at the Kings. Fucking loved him. Yeah, I knew uh, he'd make your list. Yeah. Chris Weber is is just uh, my favorite basketball player.
0: Mm -hmm. Afterbird. Yeah. All right. My top two are easy. They were never going to move. Number two for me, I, I get into arguments with people about this all the time. Greatest football player I've ever seen. Well, besides Brady, because Brady was a quarterback. But I know people are in the Jerry Rice camp, and I'm I get it. I he's the I get it. I'm not going to take anything away from him. But there was nobody who created more nightmares, who was more of a matchup disaster, who you had to game plan for, you had to structure your defensive arrangement and alignment and game plan around him, and that is Randy Moss. And when Randy Moss came to the Patriots and led them to that undefeated season, except, of course, in the friggin Super Bowl, when he scored 23 touchdowns like this fucking guy is a is just untouchable. And one of the greatest stat lines in the history of any game I've ever seen in my entire life is the Thanksgiving Day game from 1998 when the Vikings and Randall Cunningham was the quarterback. The Vikings played the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. And Randy Moss had three catches for 163 yards. Every catch was a touchdown. <laughs> the guy averaged 55 yards a catch and everyone was a touchdown. <laughs> I mean, the the guy was absolutely off the rails. I know the Jerry Rice people out there. And there might even be people out there that say there's like someone even someone else that I'm not mentioning. But for my money, the most entertaining skill player that I've ever seen was Randy Moss. And I love the guy. And I, and I love that he had a career in broadcasting. You know, he didn't turn into a complete punk like some of these other, you know, big time diva wide receivers. He he was kind of, he was a punk when he played, but he backed it up. And uh, yeah, I love the guy.
2: Yeah. When he came to um, new England is when I really got to appreciate him. Oh yeah. Yep. Fantastic. Just yep. incredible. Just gifted athlete. Yep. Yep. All right, Tom. My number two is um, a hockey player, and that is the incredible number 11, Marc Messier. Oh, he almost made my list. He was my uh, favorite non Bruins player of all time. Yep. I don't know where to begin about his accolades. Six foot two, center slash left wing. And, you know, he was winning con smice with gretzky on the team meaning the playoff mvp with gretzky gretzky leaves he still wins a cup yep with the oilers after gretzky leaves he then goes on to be the only guy that can ever make the loser new york rangers win a cup and i actually love that team the 94 new york rangers and of course the nhl fucked it up that was the greatest season they had the game where they were down two, uh, three games to two to New Jersey. He guarantees the win. What does he go out and do? Score the two big goals and win the fucking game. Mm-hmm. They go on to play seven games against Vancouver and he wins the cup. Just incredible. He's the only player to ever t- captain two teams to a Stanley Cup win. Yep. He was the last play because he played 25 fucking years. He's like, I think, third all time in scoring. He was the last player to play professional in any sports from the 70s when he retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, he scored 50 goals a bunch of times. He is s- considered such a great leader that they created the Mark Messier Award in NHL for best lake leader in character, yep. um, which is awarded, obviously, in his name and honor. Incredible numbers. Incredible career. I think in the end, he ended up with six Stanley Cups, couldn't fit them all in one hand in the Mm. modern day kind of era. He is he horrendous analysts right now on ESPN. (laughs) Fucking just one of those guys, like you know, maybe he was great on the ice, but explaining the game. Oh god.
0: Not not good.
2: No, (laughs) no. It's like Joe Montana when he was doing like fucking. Don't analysis right yeah. it's just brutally bland yeah, uh, but that. mark Messier, a fucking warrior a leader a tough guy a scorer a fucking checker a defensive player a f- offensive player all around incredible player
0: yep i agree he almost made my list he almost made my list and this is going to be interesting because my number one is if I if I think I know who your number one is, I'm not sure. Yeah, but my number one was the teammate of your number two. Yeah, he has been mean. he's been my favorite athlete since I was old enough to know who he was. And I know that there's people like to say the greatest player of all time, but it, to me, it's Gretzky. I'll give you, or we could talk about that if you want to at some other time. But Wayne Gretzky is my all time favorite athlete ever. The, the numbers, what he did is you can't even do what he did in video games. I mean, put it, put the, my, my favorite stat of all time is that if Gretzky never scored a goal, he would still be the NHL all time point leader <laughs> yeah, I know. like that, like that, he, that is such a ridiculous stat. And I, of course, I know the game was different. We all know the game was different, but I mean, the only guy to, to score over 200 points did it four times. Scored 100 points in 13 consecutive seasons. When he retired, he had 61 NHL records, 40 regular season records, 15 playoff records, six All Star records. One season, he scored 47 playoff points in 18 playoff <laughs> games. I mean, the, the numbers that he put up. I mean, he scored 92 goals one year. I mean, just. I mean, even even as a kid. When he, when he was, like, playing, like, youth hockey, there was, like, a season where he scored, like, 300 goals on his team. <laughs> That's the bottom uh, Yeah, ex- exactly. I mean, he just, and I will never forget the day he got traded to the LA Kings. I was
2: changed devastated. the sport.
0: Changed he did change. He, he changed the sport. I was devastated. Now, thankfully, the Kings continued to do well, and, you know, and he made it to the cup finals with them and everything, but. I uh, those Oilers teams, oh god! And like you said, Messier was right there. But all those guys—Paul Coffey, Yari Curry, Glenn Anderson, obviously—you know, Grant Fuhrer, just that entire team. That's when I couldn't get enough hockey. I loved it. And Gretzky's always been my guy.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. And this ought to be fun because my number one is the guy that's better than him.
0: I knew you were gonna say it, and, I, and I'm so glad.
2: <laughs> and that's Bobby Orr. I, lo- I love for it. the Boston I love it. Bruins I- defenseman. Just changed everything. There was yep. hockey before Bobby Orr and hockey after Bobby Orr. More so than Gretzky. Gretzky was a forward. Gretzky also just jumped up Bobby Orr statistics, but nobody was doing what Bobby Orr was doing. Yep. Only defenseman to score nine hat tricks. Only defenseman to win the the fucking leading scorer. Only. Only player ever to win the Norris, the Art Ross, the Hart Trophy, the Conn Smythe Trophy in one season. He yep. won the uh, Art Ross Trophy uh, twice, actually. Yep. Um, he first played record 100 assists in a game. Highest single-season plus-minus rating. 124! A uh, plus 124. You have any idea how ridiculous that is?
0: Now, now, hold on. Now you, you, you'll know this answer here. Correct me if I'm wrong. Was that back when they used to count power plays on with plus minus? No. Okay. Um, uh,
2: he's second overall with 597 yep. career, uh, never finished less than plus 30, uh, fourth in the league in career per game. He's a defenseman, by the way. Yeah. Um, and just, I mean, I don't know where to, where to talk about rookies of the years, NHL all-star, how many fucking Norris trophies he won in a row. And the saddest thing is Brad park, the great Ranger Bruins defenseman was always runner up to him during that hour. Right.
0: Always. Yeah. Just, no one even talks about poor Brad
2: park. Yeah. He won the heart trophy 70, 71 and 72. That's insane. Yep. Um, Considered one of the classiest professional athletes of all time. Always there with a smile, always signing autographs, always doing charity work. In addition to that, his goal in the 1970s Stanley Cup is the most famous oh goal, even though it was like a fucking four nothing series yeah. win, but it's the most famous goal where he trips and dives in the air and scores the winning goal. And they got the statue outside the garden of it. It's magnificent. But just as Bo Jackson. Just as Eric Lindros and a few others, bad injuries fucking limited him. Yep. And yep. he barely played nine years. And unfortunately yep. we didn't get to see keep going. I mean, the, the career he could have had, if he was healthy, would have oh. been insane, insane. Yeah. And he would have overlapped with Gretzky. Had he not been injured? Probably. Um, yeah. Cause he was like 30 when he retired. Yeah, that's, that's true. And, and Gret- that's like Gret- 78, 79. That's Gret- right. He came yeah. into the league, the WHA and stuff. That's right. The, and the, the late in. 70s. Yep. Yeah. And he came to Edmonton. So, so they would have actually had a few years against each other. Yeah. So that would have been fantastic. It's just watching the video, seeing the fucking historic goals he would score. Bobby Orr changed hockey forever. He changed the state of Massachusetts Oh my God. Dude. Anybody Hawk, will tell hockey, you about it. hockey rinks would
0: pop up everywhere. The Everybody MDC wanted to play ranks,
2: hockey. Yep. The MDC rinks that were hockey rinks that were created in the New England area. Oh my because God. Because of Bobby Orr. And people yep. still say to this day that 1980 Olympic team, the yep. Miracle on Ice, where like half of them are from Boston, mm-hmm. all pick up skates because of Bobby because Orr. Because of Bobby to play Orr. Lo- the local rinks. And he changed everything. That Boston Bruins team in this city could be. Easy top three most popular fucking sports team that oh, yeah. could go anywhere in town and be celebrated. That team, the two thousand and four Red Sox, and then I would also put in maybe the uh, that first Pats team, maybe the past, first Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, the Super Bowl Pats team. Yep. Those teams. What about the sixty-seven impossible dreams? Oh, God, oh, fuck yourself. Yeah. Anyway, Bobby Orr for me. But
0: you're right. If anybody's going to get into an argument with me about Gretzky, the only argument I will have would be with Bob, would be Bobby Orr.
2: Yeah. I mean, those three, uh, those two, I would throw in Mario Lemieux. Mario Lemieux. And then probably maybe like a Gordy Howe would be the Mount Rushmore of hockey.
0: Yes. Yep. You know, just incredible. And and, and maybe Harold Sneps. Yes. Yes. Yes.
2: Harold Sneps. Yes. What a great fucking discussion. What a great list. Love it. Hope you guys enjoyed till next time. Peace out, Girl Scout.